Hey, what's up, y'all? Alan Kenny, host of the Blatant Homers and Podcast, part of the SB Nation Network of Podcasts and Crimson and Cream Machine. The new book is called Sooner. It's a look into the life and times of uh, OU coach Lincoln Riley. The author is Brandon Sneed. Uh, I've got him on the line here. Wanted to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, what it was that prompted him to write this book and uh, just kind of, you know, general takeaway. So let's go ahead. Welcome on. Brandon, how you doing, man? Hey, Alan. I'm great, man. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, for sure. For sure. No, I've been excited. I wanted to have you on as soon as I heard about this project of yours. So um, I want to start off, though. Tell us a little bit about your background as a writer and, uh, you know, kind of how you came to this project. You know, I know you live in North Carolina, so the, you know, you're not necessarily right there at the program. What was it about Riley that maybe uh, attracted you to uh, do this, do the, write this book? Well, I, uh, I first got familiar with him when I was a grad student at ECU in 2011-2012, uh, which is where he was an offensive coordinator, and he really started to get some, you know, national recognition and, I mean, have this EC football team, which is, I mean, generally, I mean, I say this with all love in the world from a hometown team, but, I mean, they're generally a, a mid, mid-level football team on their best years. Um, they won a couple conference championships. So that's, that's about where they, they peak. Uh, but uh, he uh, – he had them doing some really special stuff, man. And it was just so much fun. I mean, I was in the stadium for some just really wild games and just, they just did things with their offense that just people around here had never seen. And that, you know, a lot of people in college football hadn't seen too much of, I mean, you know, he'd come from Mike Leach's air raid system at Texas tech and all that, where they'd done some big things. And so it was starting to kind of become a thing, but it was still kind of new back then too. Uh, and so for that to be right here in our, our little town was, it was special and just, it was a blast. Man. And so, um, and then when I was writing for, I was, you know, I've been freelancing and then I was writing for Bleacher Report, uh, in 2017 and pitched them a story on Lincoln when he was named the head coach and they went for it and just got, you know, a whole bunch of extra stuff that didn't make it in the story. Cause I always report and like research, like a obsessive person. So <laughs> sad. Just had a ton of really fun, uh, interesting stuff. I just wanted to kind of keep pulling at the threads of, and it just kind of just, became clear my agent was really the one pushing me towards it but it became clear there was there was an actual book there even though he was so young and uh so just started kind of exploring what that might look like and well now you know here we are right so uh i mean was this how long was the the writing process for you i mean i know you say that you started this in 2017 as a magazine article uh how long did you I mean was it just kind of an ongoing thing or how did that work uh it was uh i mean i kind of i didn't really do much with it from about 2017 until late 2018 i mean i had mentioned the link when i was working on that article you know i thought just kind of in passing you know this might could be a cool book man and he just kind of you know laughed it off and said he was too young for anything like that. Couldn't even start thinking about that. And so, yeah, but I just, it stayed kind of in my mind and, um, you know, just obviously just kept track of them and OU and what they were doing. And, um, and then in late 2018, I uh, just, you know, starting to look at, you know, I want to write books that want that to be my career um, or a big part of my career and just circled back to this one. My agent really encouraged me to work on a proposal for it. And, so got that together and finished and sold to a publisher and around the spring of 2019 and part of the deal with them was they wanted it out by this college football season, <laughs> Yeah, which meant I basically had about six months to write the thing um, at that point, uh, or at least to get a manuscript done. So that, that was a bit of a sprint, you know, and in the middle of that, it was, you know, Lincoln, you know, I told him about it and, you know, he, he kind of had the same feeling was, you know, just feel like 
too young to do a book and you know just kind of that was that and uh so just kind of trying to figure that out along the way i mean i you know i actually felt uh, a little conflicted uh for a few months there like it was kind of weird writing a book about somebody who doesn't want the book written about them yeah uh, it's not really my thing you know some people do that it's just it's not something i've ever wanted to do but i just i fell in love with the story it's just this you know, I wanted to see what it would look like as a finished product. And then I figured I could decide from there if I wanted to move forward or not. And, you know, by the end of, you know, getting it done, it was just, I just love it. It's just a great story. It reminds me of like movies, especially movies I loved as like a kid, like just, you know, he's this, he's got this dream as a, you know, quarterback in West Texas in high school and that goes to pieces and he's got to like put his life back together in a sense and become a different person. And then it pays off in like this just unbelievable way uh, that he's right he's doing now and I'm rambling but it's uh I just I love the story just it's inspiring to me it's moving to me I mean it's got human it just it's a really human story that happens to take place in the world of college football and so that's why I loved it so much right you know one of the things that struck me you know I I, I confess I haven't finished it but I'm you know part of the way through it is there's a lot going on man You're yeah yeah <laughs> yeah but so like but like I mean it's kind of a case of Riley link, you know, kind of like making his own destiny in the sense that, you know, he wasn't, he, you know, when he finished, you know, his career as a high school quarterback, he sought out Texas tech specifically because he wanted to be involved yeah. with Mike Leach. Yeah. You know, can you tell us a little bit about, I mean, you know, how that, it, it, what, what that kind of says about his story, I think. Well, I mean, he wanted to be a quarterback there at first, you know, right. I mean, he went there, walked on, he just, he loved what they were doing with their offense there. Um, it was interesting to him. It got, it grabbed his attention and his imagination. He just wanted to go see what it was all about and thought that he could be successful in it. Um, I don't think he went there planning to become a coach. I mean, he, you know, he told me and he's told other people and, you know, he thought he'd be a high, he'd play college ball and see how that went and then become a high school coach and that kind of thing. And he just, I don't, you know, that could be him just being humble, but I really think, especially when he started off, you know, as a freshman at Texas Tech, I mean, that was, his, that was what he thought his life would be like. And, um, you know, and then Mike Leach just saw something in him. I mean, he, he couldn't throw the ball for a college quarterback because he yeah. messed up his throwing shoulder in high school, making a, you know, kind of stupid play, got mad about an interception when he was 15 and chased the guy down in a scrimmage and, hits him as hard as he can and messes his shoulder up for the rest of his life. Um, uh, so he couldn't, he couldn't throw the ball, but he, he had the right question. Like he asked a lot of the right questions. He asked a lot of, just a lot of questions in general. Like he was really, he wanted to figure the offense out. He did figure it out pretty quickly. And, um, and what something Mike Leach said is that he, he didn't just understand what needed to happen, but why. And I think that was important. And, so yeah, I mean, just kind of Leach offered him the job and he had to think about it for a weekend, which was nah. funny. It's like, yeah. it's this, he said guys would kill each other to, you know, have an opportunity like this and Lincoln's got to go think about it for a weekend. He's 19 years old, <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know, he ends up taking it. And I mean, just, you know, the rest is history from there. So, I mean, who does uh, Riley see as like his mentors? I mean, you know, obviously he's worked with guys like um, Bob Stoops, but uh, you know, where is he drawing a lot of his kind of uh, guidance from? Uh, there's a few. Um, he's mentioned, you know, Gil Brandt 
you know, is an executive, uh, I believe, with the NFL. Um, can't remember if he's with them blanking at the moment. I think he's with the Cowboys, maybe, or used to be. But anyway, uh, you know, Ruffin McNeil has been a big one for him. Ruffin was there, I mean, from his early years at uh, Texas Tech. Um, and Ruffin was the one who hired him at East Carolina when he got the job there as the head coach. And, and then Lincoln hired Ruffin to come coach with him at OU. And, um, you know, Ruffin's now moved back home to North Carolina and he's, you know, doing some work with NC State. But, you know, he and Lincoln still talk. And uh, Ruffin's just he's – like he's like an older brother. Mm-hmm. he's really done a lot for him um and we can talk more about that if you want later but uh and then donnie duncan was a really big one donnie has passed away since um a few years ago now but he's just a guy who had this just remarkable career in college football i mean he started as like you know, coach and then he helped form uh, and then he became like the athletic director at i believe ou and then he helped form the big 12 yeah you know he's just he's done everything and then mm-hmm. he took an interest in lincoln early on in lincoln's career and just really became a mentor i mean whenever lincoln would be near his would be coming through dallas they would go out on donnie's boat on a lake and just talk all night long and they're always in contact and donnie would just i mean he he worked with lincoln and Ruffin a lot um starting with towards the end of their time at texas tech and um just i mean everything they would they could imagine needing help with his coaches like he would he'd give advice whether it was you know you know certain moves to make with their career or questions to expect from the media things like that I mean he was just always just kind of pouring into them and making sure they they knew what to expect and what the right moves to make would be and um, so Donnie had a huge effect on him for sure too. So you know moving to maybe Riley's relationships more with his players I mean how do you feel like he uh does does he form bonds with those guys is he more like a bill belichick like a you know uh kind of off more off to the side more detached or is it more of a personal thing i mean what's your impression there i think it's it's certainly not a bill belichick (laughs) um i mean it's it's tougher now being a head coach you got a lot more going on but no he's always been real personal about it i mean just catching up with them in the halls. He sees them just asking about their, their lives, their days, things like that. I mean, texting with them, things like that. Uh, you know, he, he it's, it's definitely personal. I mean, it's just he's always asking them what he can do better, what the team can do better to help them more, things like that. Uh, so, yeah, he has a quote, and they're talking about, you know, you're half this, half that, half Dr. Phil. Too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's – so he and like it comes from a real place with him. I mean, he said, you know, he, he doesn't do it because he thinks it'll make him better football players. It's just that's just who he is uh, because of who his parents were and where he's from and and all that. And I think it really does like uh, bother him sometimes, you know, even still just that, uh, you know, being a head coach is awesome, but it doesn't, you know, he doesn't have as much time for that kind of stuff. So he's always looking for ways to just kind of stay, uh, you know, I just think he wants to feel connected to him and, wants them to feel connected to him. I think he knows what that means uh, for kids at that age. And you think about what he was going through at 19 years old. I mean, I think it meant a lot to him for Mike Leach to, you know, reach out and like really form a connection with him and changed his life, obviously. And so I think he knows what that feels like for kids that age too. Uh, So yeah, I mean, it's just something that matters a lot to him. So, you know, Bob Stoops steps down unexpectedly in 2017 Riley takes over as head coach and he was kind of Stoops's handpicked, uh, you know, kind of successor. It was a kind of deal. I think where I'm not sure yeah. if Stoops would have necessarily made that move if he didn't feel like Riley was going to, you know, take over. But uh, 
Yeah. It hasn't been necessarily the kind of thing where Riley's just continued, you know what I mean? What Bob Stoops was doing. I mean, yeah. what, what do you think are like the biggest kind of stamps that he's made on OU's program? Uh, you know, what has he done to kind of make it, you know, kind of uh, build it in his own image since then? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think I wasn't around the program much. Like, right. This was there. So I'm, I'm not positive about this but i just to me just my my sense that i got from my time in norman because i spent maybe a week there around the team and the players in 2017 after he'd been hired working on that i did not spend time around them for mm-hmm. the book because like i said he declined to participate which again it's fine um so i just i don't want to say something that's not accurate well, but my, well what was your impression of like what he was trying to accomplish during that that short period that you were there I don't know if this is a thing that he was like intentionally trying to accomplish or like thought that was like um, a deficiency when Stoops was the coach or anything like that. I just, I think that his vibe and just his demeanor is just, it's just different in a way to where I think that there's just, um, I don't think that Stoops was like, you know, some kind of Bill Belichickian, like no fun kind of vibe, but like, I just think Lincoln's vibe is one just, it's just fun. I think the guys just have a lot of fun doing what they're doing. I mean, they work hard and Lincoln obviously works hard and and all that, but it's just, I mean, that's just the sense that I got. Right. It was just, they, they felt good. They felt light and they felt like they were just allowed to be who they were. I mean, Baker Mayfield going Mm -hmm. through, you know, throwing drills in his socks and in slide sandals, you know, and stuff like that. Like it's, you know, it, to me that stood out. Um, and maybe that's the direction everything's going a little bit, a little bit more laid back and all that. But like, to me, that's what stood out is just, it seemed unusual for, you know, a football program of Oklahoma's stature is like, you know, there's all this different music always bumping and the practice mm-hmm. and things like that. And then, I mean, that's, that's an image that just really is burned in my mind. And I lead the book with it is Baker Mayfield in slide sandals that he kicks off. And then he's, going through drills in his socks and, and this right. you know practice. And so it's just things like that. And so I don't, I don't know what it was like with Stoops cause I wasn't around, but to me, it seemed newer. It seemed fresh and like, and the guys, I mean, they seemed really energized by that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, you know, in terms of the, the impressions of Riley uh, in the coaching community, you know, maybe some from some of his peers or from, you know, people who, uh, you know, observe what OU's doing on the field, maybe. I mean, what is it that they pick up on? Um, I think he's just – he's a creative guy. I mean, he he's always looking to evolve what he's doing on the field with um, as far as his schemes and his play calling and things like that. Um, you know, that's something that Ruffin and a number of people have talked about, but Ruffin in particular talked about that a lot was just how creative he is, how willing he is to always evolve and adapt and nothing. I mean, like if something's working, he'll stick with it. He's not going to break something just to fix it, but he's mm-hmm. always aware that you gotta be, you gotta be constantly changing. You gotta be constantly evolving. Um, and he, Seems like he does a good job of that, um, maybe more than most other uh, most other coaches. Um, and I think his players feed off of that too. Like they know they're constantly going to be getting challenged and pushed, and um, and he's going to bring out the best in them through that. I think he's always looking to maximize the strengths of his players rather than making his players do the things he thinks are going to work best. I mean, it's always a balancing act, uh, but yeah, I just I think he's really good at being creative. I think it just kind of comes natural to him. 
Right, right. Well, you know, kind of winding down here, Brandon, tell us, I don't know, what are the biggest takeaways? Like, you know, what are, what are kind of story were you hoping to tell here? What, what are, are there any, you know, kind of messages or ideas or anything you want readers, you, you think readers should take away from the story at the end of the day? Yeah. I mean, to me, like it, it just, you know, there's a lot of good football fun in here and all that, but to me, like what really made me want to write it was just again, like the human element, like, um, just that human story of, I mean, he starts out as this kid with this dream and he makes a mistake and gets him hurt and ruins the dream effectively. And he has to learn how to, you know, heal from that and become a new kind of person and become this coach and make the most of what he's got while also, you know, taking care of himself and the people around him. And he goes through a lot of just, there's a lot of really just uh, moving turning points in the course of that narrative, which is why, I mean, it became a book. Like it wouldn't have been a book if, you know, he had just from six years old wanted to be a coach. And so he was a genius. And he, I mean, that wouldn't have been the book, you know, that's not, that, that would have been amazing, but I don't mm-hmm. know if there's the same kind of drama to that. And it's just this natural human story that unfolded for him of, I mean, we all get lost. We all make mistakes. We all screw up and have to figure yeah. out how to put things back together. And, you know, I learned a lot while I was working on it um, that helped me with my own life. And so I hope people can get some of the, you know, some stuff like that out of it. Um, and, and then mostly, man, like it's just a fun story. Like it's just something yeah. to get lost in for a few hours, you know, and, you know, just go on a, go on a ride with them. And, you know, if you learn some stuff, great. But if not, like I still think you're going to have a great time. And that was my goal with it is just, uh, I didn't know the world was going to be quite the way it is right now. And I was right. But like yeah. life's, life's hard in general anyway. And so, I just wanted to write something that, you know, just felt like a good escape, um, you know, in the, in, in every sense of the word an escape, like, you know, just take a break from everything, but also an escape, like that takes you somewhere better uh, and helps you find a, you know, better way forward with whatever it is you're dealing with. Right. Oh man. Well, that's a uh, man that that's really powerful, man. That's a good, oh, that's good stuff. <laughs> All right, man. Well, hey. So, uh, when are we gonna? When are people gonna be able to, uh, you know, actually get get their hands on a copy of the book? Oh, they can now. I mean, it's out. Yep. Uh, it's out now. I mean, go look it up on Amazon. It's there. I mean, my website's got a page, brandonsneed.com slash sooner. That it's got links to other places you can get it. But yeah, man, it should be you know bookstores wherever wherever you buy your books. Uh, check it out. All right, all right, buddy. Well, thanks again, man. Uh, really appreciate it. Yeah, no, thank you. This is fun. Oh, good, good. The book is Sooner. It's a uh, look into the life and times of Lincoln Riley. Uh, the author is Brandon Sneed. Make sure to check it out wherever you get your books, as Brandon mentioned, uh, Amazon.com and whatnot. Uh, thanks to Brandon for joining us, and thanks to you all for joining us. For the Blayton Homers and Podcasts, I'm Alan Kenny. Take it easy. <laughs>